Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. And thank you and welcome. That's the voice of Dick Warren. Uh, my name is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. You're in the virtual studio in the virtual world with Alex Terranova. Alex, say hi to the people. Good morning. Hi, people. Hi, humans. <laughs> uh, that would be Alex Terranova. He's a professional certified coach, PCC. Uh, you've been coaching for, I want to say, five and a half, six years. It's the, it's the, it was just the six year anniversary of me like launching go or like launching my business. So this is like, I'm into my sixth year. We haven't done a lot about your background, but you do have an interesting background, including having been on television and being a, uh, uh, in the food service industry for a number of years and, uh, working on you becoming a celebrity chef. Now you're a celebrity coach. <laughs> you could, people can find you on, uh, the web at the dream Mason. Com, and you host the Dream Mason podcast. You're author of the book Fictional Authenticity. You got a second book coming? I'm working on it right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like just finished the rough, I uh, just finished the rough draft of chapter three. Um, but it's it's actually like a coffee table personal development book. Um, <laughs> so it's, over it's, the house it's, and they just leaf through it and well yeah it's kind of different and it's kind of fun i basically came up with 20 rules that people could live by to have like a successful life uh -huh. and then and i've been actually writing it out for months now like in other formats and now i'm actually kind of just putting it together and filling in the blanks i'm I think this thing could be done by March. I'm also about to get published, I think in February on a, uh, a, a guy that I know, and you know, also collected, went around and found 14 men of different like races, genders, social, socioeconomic classes, and asked them to write about modern masculinity. And I am one of those chapters and that's going to come out soon. Well, that I should have been asking you about that the whole time, right? All these years, I should have been talking more about masculinity and what I could be doing and should be doing differently. <laughs> There's no hope for you. It's All right. Uh, I, of course, been a coach for, uh, as my gray silver hair would indicate, for more time. Uh, I'm in my 20, <laughs> I think it's 27 or 8th. Let's go with 8th year. I think 1993 started. So 28th year of professional coaching. Uh, also founder and CEO of Accomplishment Coaching, available at accomplishmentcoaching.com. And not incidentally, the sponsor of this fine program for over 17 years. Um, so that's us. There's a lot going on in the world. And I'd love to talk to you about it. But I, I as much as I would love to talk to you about it and get your input, I also want to get the input and, and opinions of our guests. Is there anything you want to talk about before we bring our guests on into our conversation? Got one thing for you. I'm ready. And it was given to me as a gift yesterday. Um, and this maybe could apply to the world, all the things that are going on, maybe not, I don't know. But, um, you know, we live in a, I'm, I'm really recognizing 2021 and, and my life as uh, we live in a paradigm where it's like hustle, hard work, do, 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 take action discipline, commitment, like very, very masculine ideals to get results. And a lot of the time we ignore the more feminine, um, the more na nature kind of way to get results, right? Nature, nature grows and does things without any effort. It just happens mm -hmm. uh, like almost like a pregnancy, right? The mother doesn't have to wake up and go, oh, I better make sure I get that food right into that baby. It just yeah. all takes care of itself. That makes and, sense. Uh, that would create some life today, right? Yeah, and, the, and the thing that I got was given yesterday was imagine, you're a imagine you or what you're up to is a giant boulder. Humans can't move the boulder, but slow water running over the boulder without force, not even a lot of it over time will completely transform and change that boulder. Okay. That's lovely. That's beautiful. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. There's, there's so much to keep track of for us old white guys these days, right? There's masculine and <laughs> feminine. There's all the ways that white supremacy and white and racist, um, ideology and, and foundations are throughout our system. And I got to say that, um, you know, every day that I'm learning more about how racism permeates our and anti-blackness permeates our society, it's just 
it's just extraordinary to me. You know, I feel like I'm kind of going through lots of different educational processes all at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the clear sort of topic of conversation has been uh, exactly a week ago, there was a, an assault on the United States Capitol. Um, and I think we're, I, I trust that we're just beginning to experience the fallout of that. But like I said, I'd love to talk about that from a duff, bunch of different perspectives, but I want to bring in our guests, if that's all right with you, Alex. You ready it's for that? It's totally all right with me. Yeah, let's go. Today, we've got two gentlemen. Michael Tucker is a certified executive coach, a consultant, a published author also, as well as an international speaker. Uh, he's the co-founder of Rafiki Now, and he shares his gifts with the world through creating space for powerful conversations and training others to do the same. He's the founder of Tucker Coaching and Consulting. He's also... Uh, lives his commitment to the acceleration, advancement, and conscious evolution of the global human family. Michael, in addition to being a member of the ICF and the Family Life Coaching Association, is an Air Force veteran, uh, holds a certificate from the University of Texas at Dallas, got his master's degree in human relations from the University of Oklahoma, and his bachelor's from University of South Carolina. Please welcome to our microphone, Mr. Michael Tucker. Hello, sir. Hey there. How are you, Chris? I'm good. Look around outside. Where are you today? I am in Tucson, Arizona. Don't forget Winona. Um, that's an <laughs> yeah. extraordinary place to be. I'm trying to think of anything I can say about Tucson, but I'm, I can't, so I'm just going to move on. Uh, uh, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Sean Sims is a family life coach and an energy practitioner. His mission in life is to assist others in their purpose to know thyself. Sean is, uh, Sean is founder of Educo coaching and consulting, and came to coaching my favorite pathway, which is he spent 20 years working with families and youth in schools and communities. His coaching philosophy begins by understanding that an individual's blockages are only the beginning of the journey to manifesting their dream. He's a co-creator of Rafiki Now, along with Michael Tucker, and he has a bachelor's degree in sociology from the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. I hope there's not going to be a rumble here. And master's degree in youth, family, and community services from North Carolina State University. Welcome, Sean. Good morning, Chris. Glad to be with you and Alex this morning. Thank you so much for being here. Will you tell us also where you are today, sir? I'm actually located in the beautiful city of Charlotte, North Carolina, enjoying a little bit of uh, in-between weather today. So. Definitely looking forward to our conversation. Me too, and I love Charlotte. So one of these days when I when we can all travel again, I'll come to Charlotte and invite you out for coffee. Sounds well, great. Depending on how this goes, you may not want to. Uh, Alex, do you want to take us? You want to start us off? I mean, sure. <laughs> I feel like you just threw that at me. Um, well, I would love, I mean, can we learn a little bit about your, your two partnership, like how you two came together, how you two have, um, like the impact you're having and what you're doing just to get a little more background on the work you guys are doing. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Sean and I met at a conference, uh, last year in June, uh, this was a family life coaching association conference. And, um, we noticed that two things, number one, uh, we were, uh, just, uh, one or two or three, uh, people, uh, who happen to be of African-American, uh, origin. And then also, uh, we were also just, uh, <laughs> maybe two, two men there. And so that just, uh, naturally, Cause us to kind of connect with each other. We started a conversation um, after the com the, after the the conference that just seemed to go on uh, each week. We we would meet on Sundays and we would just talk, and that conversation led us to begin to explore some of the concerns just within uh, the African American the African American community, um, and that led us to research, um, and we began to. Uh, ask questions about how folks in our community are connecting and, and, and how deeply they're able to connect. That research led us to one very profound fact, and that is that 30% of the 108 individuals that we interviewed both here in the US and Canada, 30% of them did not have someone, even amongst their closest friends and families, that they could talk to about things that were deeply, deeply important to them. 
And that really astounded us. And that's where we began creating Rafiki now. Sean, anything you want to uh, <laughs> share different than that? Sometimes people have different experiences or different memories. Well, not so much uh, in a different aspect. I just would like to kind of add on to some of the things that Michael has said that um, a lot of our interactions came through a very organic process. Uh, we kind of identified certain areas through our own path of uh, well-being and coming into uh, understanding of where we place within the greater society. Um, through that process, we recognized there were certain gaps that even in our own lives that we kind of saw that there, there was a need. Um, once we kind of looked at that from more of a macro level, we saw that those same concepts that we were seeing the gaps within our own process of well-being, uh, those same areas were identified through those, those surveys that we did with the brain. And by recognizing that, we saw that we as two individuals who were looking for this certain level of healing, certain level of well-being and wholeness, we began to recognize that if it's, if it's this community, it can magnify to a greater community across the nation and possibly even global. So it was there, definitely an organic process that we both kind of contributed to. And um, we, we're just very excited about presenting this to, to everybody else. Thank you. The thing that I'm, I'm conscious of is that most of us in the coaching profession, you know, uh, maybe most of us is wrong, especially with your statistic of 30%. But I certainly know that with my coach and my therapist, I use them sometimes as a, a non-partial friend. You know what I mean? My friends or, or colleagues often have um, a bias or an or a agenda for me. So I know that I sometimes use professionals in my life to sort of get that impartial third-party uh, vision. But I have a feeling that when you're talking about Rafiki now and the work that you do, it's a little bit different from a traditional coach or therapist or even friend. How does Rafiki now work, I guess, is the question I'm asking, and how is it different than coaching or therapy? Yeah, absolutely. That's a that's a wonderful question. When I think about a therapist, um, we think about someone who is kind of like an archaeologist. They're there to work with you to help kind of dig up the past and uh, identify those traumas and those hurts so that those things can be addressed and healed. With coaching, coaching is more like archae is, is more like a, an architect. Um, and so uh, you are working with this individual, you're partnering with them, you're co-creating um, and planning a future that you guys can both walk in together. Where uh, Rafiki, uh, Rafiki is a little bit different. A Rafiki is like that really awesome person that you um, spend time with in your life. The, the, the name itself is means, Rafiki means a partner or um, confidant, it's Swahili. So the, the Rafiki is someone that you, you spend time with maybe walking on the beach of life and you're just having great conversations. This is not about guiding you or directing you or giving you advice. It's simply um, an experience where you have space um, with another human being to be heard um, and to connect. And just to kind of add on to that, Crystal, uh, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we addressed immediately um, in building Rafiki now is we understand, especially within the African-American community, there's a lot of stigma that goes back historically towards mental health services, uh, such as therapy, and even to some degree as coaching. So we wanted to kind of figure out where could we come into the greater uh, environment to figure out where we could fit conversations that in some situations may lead to a transition point where an individual may recognize, well, I do need therapy or I do need coaching in addition to uh, what I'm already receiving within my life. Um, so a lot of our, our building of the actual project came from those ideas of saying, okay, we recognize there's a stigma, there's a barrier within certain communities. Um, for whatever reason, uh, like I said, historical, uh, social context, um, we recognize those are there. 
But rather than looking at it from a deficit standpoint, we wanted to look at it and begin to build from those uh, positive aspects that we can see with, that are already there within certain communities. Um, one of the things that we definitely uh, emphasize within our process is training of the individuals that would be the Rafikis. Um, this training is not necessarily a traditional training that a mental health professional or even a coach may have. Um, but it, by the same sense, we do want to make sure that our individuals who are working in that capacity have the right skill set in order to be able to assist those that they come into contact with. So that being said, we also wanted to, to be very free flowing, we wanted to, to not be a, as structured as a therapy or counseling session may be. But by the same sense, it, we wanted it to be meaningful um, so that that individual could leave from that conversation feeling like they had gotten something that allowed for them to better uh, figure out the, the landscape of what their daily lives and the daily issues that they deal with. Uh, Sean and Michael, I can't I can't tell it because it feels like um, this is would be really powerful work for men. But it also sounds like it could be powerful for women in the African-American community also. Is there is it meant to be for men or for women? Is it meant to be for everyone in the community? Is it meant to all can people outside of that community also get be impacted and be supported by this? Yeah, Rafiki now is meant for men. It's meant for women. And um, although our focus is uh, members of the African-American community, uh, anyone can take advantage of a Rafiki talk. I wanted to make sure that that was something that we we kind of uh, we did start from a place of understanding the specific areas of need within our community as far as the African-American community. But one of the things that we very quickly began to see is that, especially in society now, um, Christopher had mentioned earlier in regards to some of the things that we're seeing on the greater social uh, scale of in society and how things have kind of very quickly changed from what we were used to. Um, recognizing that, we understand that there's going to be an increased need generally amongst men, women, uh, all races, all religions, in order to be able to fulfill this gap of wholeness that a lot of us are kind of dealing with, um, especially in, in the, the times of, of the pandemic. Uh, there's a lot of separation amongst people, and this, this just creates more. Uh, things for the person to have to deal with on a daily basis. So the platform, the digital platform that Rafiki now is uh, built upon, we wanted to make sure that the access is strict, is, it's, it's not limited. We don't want the limitations. Of course, as Michael mentioned before, we do take a certain approach that is uh, kind of built within the aspects of understanding the African-American community. Uh, but we are not an organization that wants killing to be exclusive to any one gender, any one race, or any one religion. I'm curious if you can share some of the ways in which, um, like the African American community is specifically, um, like what the experience is like, that it's different in the sense of, uh, I think we're four men on here. I think we're all aware, like as men, uh, men are maybe more resistant on a on a generalized scale of like seeking therapy or maybe coaching or support in various ways. Women seem to be more open to that. Um, from an African American perspective, what do you see the difference? Like, what what is the community grappling with or struggling with when it does come to coaching and therapy? What are the stigmas that have them like shy away from? It? You know, Alex, that's a very very big question. I mean, you. You, I mean, that we're, that, and I don't want I, one thing I want to make sure that I emphasize I don't want to speak for the full African American community or even the African diaspora um, because there is a variance of different experiences, um, ideals, and everything that goes into it. But on a broad scale basis, we do, we are able to recognize that there are very differences within the way that our perception of the world compared to the uh, greater majority. Um, 
we we in many times are dealing with a historical context that has uh, in many cases uh, kind of set us on the outside of the greater uh, structures that have been created for various purposes, whether that, whether that's the educational system, political system, um, wherever that may be. Um, so for a lot of what we we began the process of looking at is recognizing from an African American perspective, more specifically as an African American male perspective, because that's where both me and Michael started from. Um, that's where a lot of our conversations kind of built from was recognizing. Um, in our daily base, excuse me, in our daily life, uh, we, we deal with certain aspects of family. We deal with certain aspects of community. We deal with certain aspects of our workplace environment. Um, in each of these environments, a lot of times it requires a different, uh, how should I say, a different mask to be put on in order to negotiate the, those waters that deal with that specific sphere. Um, in many cases, that level of changing masks from one to the other, it creates dissidence within yourself in regards to who you are and where you are placed within yourself in the greater world. Um, one of the things that we wanted to make sure through our process is to initiate this process. And I'm glad that you even said it, Alex, in, earlier in the show in regards to even us as males. Um, we have to get back to a place of unconditional love for ourselves. Uh, understanding that at the end of the day, in order for us to be able to even gain a greater understanding of what's happening in the, the larger society, we have to come to a point of balance where that unconditional love is given to ourselves first so that we can initiate this process of wholeness. Um, as an African-American male, like I said, there are many barriers, many different things that we come into contact that in sometimes makes us feel less than. Um, until we can reestablish ourselves as the the ones who, for our own well-being, this process of unconditional love will spread amongst the family unit, a workplace, and every place else that we come into contact. So from that standpoint, it's not so much that uh, we have a, a completely different perspective. Um, it's just that we, it, it's a different lens that, it, that is required to look through in order to gain that point where we want to move into our own goals and satisfaction. Oh, so beautifully said. You know, in, in a lot of what we're experiencing these days, whether it's the strife in American politics here in the U.S., we really seem to be a divided nation, or the strife that we're, you know, coming awake to in the oppression of black people, people of color, or and the anti-blackness in this nation, and I, and I assert the rise of nationalism worldwide, one of the things that I'm saying and hearing over and over again is that we all need to talk more. So tell us how Rafiki works. Is this sort of a, a group situation? Is this one-on-one? -on -one? And, and what's the intention? Do we just get people riled up and then send them out into the you know, subway system? How does it go? Well, first and foremost, um, the Rafiki Now conversations are, these are one-on-one -on -one conversations. We call them Rafiki Talks, our wholeness conversation. And so uh, a, a client would access the platform, they visit RafikiNow.com, and they'd schedule a conversation. And they're leading the conversation. We're in, just connecting with them and creating that space for them to be heard. Um, so. Um, I would imagine, you know, if someone has uh, strong political views or things that they want to share, our, our, our mission is to simply be there to hear them out without judgment. Um, and it, doing that will allow them to simply express themselves. Because what I've seen more often than not, when people feel that they're heard and they're expressed, um, that takes that energy down substantially. Sean, do you want to add anything to this? Sure. Um, one of the one of the goals that I, I kind of always held in my mind, and this is something that me and Michael have discussed in several conversations, overall is to support and care, encourage clarity of thought, um, wholeness of mind and emotional resilience within the individual that the Rafiki is talking to. 
Um, that being said, it, it does not require that the conversation has to be guided into a certain outcome. Um, one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we emphasize is the authenticity of the conversation. Um, for the individuals to feel as though they are talking to a companion, uh, i.e. the definition of what Rafiki is. Um, the, the purpose for us is to initiate the wholeness process or healing per se process for the individual. And that can look like many different uh, characteristics. They, from the standpoint of where we stand as the Rafikis, we want the, the individuals to be able to take something out of that conversation that does initiate movement within their lives. Um, so I guess to kind of answer the question more directly, Chris, it's, it's not so much that we want them to feel as though this is the end all be all. Um, we don't put any limitation on how many conversations an individual can have with our refugees. So if this is something that they feel more supported in, in the process, in addition to doing counseling, by all means, we want to encourage that. Um, ultimately, we want that, that direction of attention to be placed back on the individual in their own empowerment in their situations in order to be able to initiate something better within their perspective. Uh, so that for us is really our main goal. And um, as long as the individuals get something in that direction, we feel like we've accomplished what we, what we set out to do. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. How do coaches listening to this, what do they look for to identify um, maybe opportunities when it comes to differences in, in coaching and therapy in working with you guys. Um, what are they listening for when it comes to those uh, cultural, ethnic, racial conversations? You know, I, I would say the first thing they're listening for is what's not being said. And uh, oftentimes uh, here, I'll give you a perfect example. I was working with a client. This gentleman was the first uh, black uh, CEO um, of a nonprofit in 56 years. And so um, there were a number of things just in his language patterns that as someone who was very present to him, I could, I could hear there were things that he wasn't saying about how he was experiencing race in, in, in his reality. And so I asked him very direct questions um, about those things. And so as a, as, you know, taking off the Rafiki hat now, uh, you know, for a second and talking very specifically about coaching, direct communication is one of those things. And I think it's important for uh, coaches of, uh, of a uh, Eurocentric background to realize that sometimes um, clients, um, may feel comfortable engaging those types of questions. And sometimes 
um, they won't. And so you really kind of have to, you know, partner with them to, to just make sure that the, the connection is there and the energy is right. And to kind of piggyback on what Michael said, um, one of the things that we want to make sure is that the, the conversations, they are ones where the individual is the leader of the conversation. Um, although our Rafikis are there in order to help with the guidance to kind of make sure that the individual stays on track with the, some of those things that they have identified for themselves, um, ultimately, not unlike in coaching, the, the client is the one who really truly determines the direction of how things move forward. Um, so for us, we, we do utilize a lot of those underpinnings in the coaching uh, model in order to bring into the Rafiki conversations. But by from the standpoint of looking at it from somebody who may not be from the same background, how this can play with the therapist uh, who may be dealing with a client from an African-American background, these are the conversations that a lot of time are the icebreakers um, to kind of open up those those individuals to be able to see, well, maybe I do need to address some trauma that's taking place um, as a child, or maybe there's some goals that I do need assistance with in regards to coaching. Um, as Michael mentioned, there may be somebody who may not even see the need from the capacity of dealing with the family and uh, the family life aspect of it, they may be very much entrenched within an aspect of seeing themselves in the business environment and saying, well, I know that I need coaching over here. You know, uh, when it comes to the overall sphere of a person, those areas such as family have just as much effect on your performance in the business atmosphere. So you may have a business, uh, excuse me, an executive coach, but if you're not dealing with the full wholeness of the individual, in regards to their mental uh, wellness, then you're leaving out aspects that, that does not allow for them to get to that optimal point of existence. So for us, um, that's where we want to kind of fit things into. Uh, these conversations, like I mentioned before, a lot of times are very free flowing. Um, I had an uh, individual last week that contacted and uh, we initiated our Rafiki talk and a lot of the conversation kind of goes to, towards what Christopher that you had mentioned earlier in the conversation, uh, the social climate. Um, we have conversations such as, well, I see everything that's taken place in regards to the incident that took place at the Capitol. But as an African-American individual, I look at that and I say, well, would that same outcome have happened to me? Um, those types of questions is where a lot of times our Rafiki talks start from. Um, we want to allow for that individual to openly express those emotions, openly express those frustrations, openly express how that connects to the possible trauma that they've experienced in the past. So that after that conversation ends, they can begin to further investigate that, whether it be uh, with a, another coach or even in, in capacity to go into therapy. So it, it, it definitely all works in cohesion towards the, the greater understanding of the wholeness of the person. I'm, I'm just Christopher, I'm sort of envisioning this. Sean, I, I didn't interrupt you, did I? No, no, by no Okay, means. great, thanks, sorry. Without the visual cues today, I'm a little bit thrown. Um, I, I'm almost envisioning this. You remember, I don't know if you, you've heard this before, but when Starbucks got so popular and people could, were struggling to explain why it was popular, people talked about it being the third place. It was like not quite work and not quite home, but it was a third place that people could sort of hang out with friends or colleagues or get work done or to read a book or whatever. And I'm almost hearing Rafiki in the same way. Like it's not... You know, I've been married for, I don't know, 16 years, and I'm pretty sure I know what my wife is going to say if I bring her almost any topic, right? And I am kind of feel that way about a lot of my friends. Likewise, sometimes it feels like I want to talk about things that aren't necessarily therapeutic, and so why waste my time and money with a therapist? And at, at the same time, with my coach, I'm often, you know, sort of driven or looking at my goals and it sounds like you're you've created sort of a third place, right? It's not quite friendship or therapy, and it's definitely free for us to 
sort of talk about wherever we want to go and whatever we we're dealing with. Is there a is there a goal or an outcome of first of all, I guess, do I have that right? And second of all, is there a goal or an outcome intended to these conversations? You know, that's a perfect question, Chris. And and the answer is the outcome of the conversation is whatever the outcome of the conversation is. There's not a goal. We're not directing you. We're not guiding you. We're not trying to help you build your future. We're simply there to just be that space for you to talk about, um, you know, whatever that are, there is for you to talk about. So right now, yes, there's lots of conversations about the social climate. But, you know, I was a part of a conversation uh, this past week where a woman was just sharing her successes. And it was really wonderful just to hold that space with her and to experience that joy with her. Um, so there's, there's not, this is not about setting a goal. And I think that's, that is one of the things that makes Rafiki now so unique, um, especially in a Western environment that is so goal focused and so driven. Um, and when I look at my life and I look at the results that I've created, a lot of times, um, the, the the projects that I've taken on and I've initiated to include this one started out with just a conversation. It was just a conversation. We just had a jam session. So Sean and I had a bunch of jam sessions over a period of time, and this is what came up came about as a result. Is there a way that people can, I don't know if it's the right word, uh, test drive, uh, sample, people that are that are hearing this that are curious that want to know more want to actually like instead of just talk about it or hear about it want to learn more about Rafiki what does that yeah. look like yeah absolutely so they can simply visit our website rafikinow.com um they could also access it on their mobile phone and simply uh book a Rafiki conversation it's that simple and um the first conversation is free and if you're listening to this recording right now uh, let us know that and we'll give you an additional 30 minutes um at no additional charge so yes people can test drive rafiki now just by visiting rafikinow.com there's no conversation that is too big or too small and we look forward to connecting with you also just i wanted to kind of um double back also to one of the things that chris christopher had asked um these conversations they're strictly about enhancing one's state of mind through mental, excuse me, through meaningful conversations and empathetic connections. Um, we definitely want the individuals who come to us for services to understand that there is not an established goal when that conversation starts off as in regards to on the Rafiki's part. Um, we want the individuals to be the, the leader, to establish what those goals are, establish um, even, and it doesn't have to be a great goal. It could just be simply the goal of, I don't have anybody to talk to. I just have things that I need to get out of my head. Um, during this, the, the, the current social uh, environment, we, we see that there's more distancing, not just through the social distancing per se, but there's more distancing between individuals in general. Um, there are many parts of the country that are still in, in lock, on lockdown, um, where individuals aren't able to access their family members. They're, they may not be able to access their friends. They may definitely not be able to access coworkers that they may have had these conversations with previously. Um, and then to be perfectly honest with you, some people never have had those, those outlets in order to have those conversations. So ultimately, like you said, Chris, um, we want to allow for that to take place and not have to the individuals that come to have these powerful conversations with our refugees, not to feel as though there's extra pressure because this person may judge me um, or because I don't want to express this to my wife because of the fact she may have some, you know, there are a lot of things that come up in these conversations that it requires somebody who is in a non-biased kind of position to just simply listen and give some meaningful feedback in regards to that information that comes to them. Thanks, that's a beautiful clarification, Sean. I, <coughs> pardon me, as a, you know, um, I don't know which of my many <laughs> biased viewpoints this comes from, maybe being an old white guy, maybe being a, a uh, uh, you know, living in a capitalist society for a long time, but how do you monetize this 
And maybe maybe my sort of sneakier question is how do you monetize this and support the people who may need it most who are often disadvantaged or you know uh, less likely to to have the resources or or choose to spend their time and money in this kind of a pursuit is that a fair question so Definitely. yeah that is, that is a fair question and and the Rafiki now model is a paid model so uh, individuals could come to the site, they can book a, a conversation. As I mentioned, the initial conversation is free, but 30-minute um, conversations are 10 bucks. We wanted to make sure that just like anyone could afford a Coke, anyone could afford a Rafiki conversation. And, um, and the way that we, we built this platform is we, uh, we are constantly um, thinking about the needs of the, the users on the platform. And so you know, the price point may change, um, but this is where we are now. And um, we're, we're very excited about it. I don't really see any issues um, right now with our current price point. So. And I don't mean to interrupt because I imagine Sean has some, something to contribute to, but are, do, does one, I, I get the very generous gift that it is to give people free Rafiki, Rafiki talks. Um, as well as to generously give our listeners an extra 30 minutes. But do we buy them as a package or can we set up one at a time or do we buy you know, access for a period of time like a month or a six month period? How does that work? Sure, so they, they pay as they go. So if, if you'd like to have a, you know, a 30 minute conversation after your free conversations are complete, then you simply pay as you go. And, and kind that, of going along with what, I'm sorry, Michael, did you, did you have something you needed to add? I, I just wanted to say that we were very intentional um, about our pricing and understanding that um, we wanted this to be affordable. We wanted this to be affordable for the folks that, that may need it the most. And that actually picked up right where my point was going to make, Michael. Um, we wanted the affordability. We understand in these trying times, a lot of individuals, they still need access to towards some outlet that allows for them to be able to uh, work through their process of understanding where they are. Um, that being said, of course, we know some individuals may not be in a situation where they have uh, access to healthcare that can allow for them to uh, see a therapist or a counselor, or they may not be in a financial situation where they can see a coach. Um, these conversations, like I said, we tried to make sure that the, the price point was low enough that an individual can still afford it within their 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 daily budget um but also we wanted to make sure that the value was packed into it so that at the end of the day that ten dollars that a person may spend for that 30-minute conversation we recognize that may be a meal for somebody so after they leave out from that rafiki conversation we want them to be filled in the capacity of that that wholeness and that healing aspect, the same way that if they had to uh, use that ten dollars for a meal in order to be able to sustain them, so uh, kind of answering exactly the same thing that uh, Michael had said, we we make them standalone conversations so that if an individual may only be able to afford the a Rafiki conversation uh, every other week, that's fine with us. Uh, we don't put the stipulations or if they needed to have Rafiki talks every day, that's also an option for them. So we just wanted to be as as open and authentic to the, the, the process of individuals and how they see fit for themselves. That's man, I love this. I love this whole idea, but I kind of want <laughs> I'm like getting ahead of steam about this because what I want is I want, you know, employers or big companies to give you folks a lot of money and make this available at, you know, no or low cost or sliding scale for people. Um, have you looked into maybe either working with donations or inside an organization? I imagine like Amazon, they have all the money, right? They should pay you guys to, to, to you folks to have the Rafiki Now people available for their workers and other large corporations and organizations. Does, is this an idea that you've pursued at all or thought about, or is it better when people put their own money down and decide to make their make that investment? You know, um, when we 
when we were thinking about this concept, uh, Christopher, we, to be honest with you, we struggled with that a lot. Um, we, we thought about uh, a nonprofit approach. We thought about you know, different partnering options. And I will be honest with you, uh, not that I haven't been this whole time, but <laughs> we are still open to all opportunities on the table. And so if, if there is a, a company out there that's listening to this podcast and, and they'd like to create something uh, to make this available for, for you know, their staff or their employees at no cost or for the community at large, uh, please uh, definitely get a hold of us. We are open to those conversations. Um, and the thing that I love about how we our intention behind the platform, the Rafiki Now platform, and is it's it's an open platform, and so um, it, at least it is for now. Uh, that may change, but right now it's very open. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you'd like to engage us in some kind type of uh, amazing way, or you've got a grant, or you've got a foundation, and you're looking to you know um, do something meaningful, we want to talk to you. And just to kind of add into that, the from my background of working with uh, youth and families in various settings, um, we definitely try to look at this model to see as there as the, the model grows itself to see what different areas it could possibly fit into. Um, one of the areas that I, I definitely, me and Michael have talked about this many times, is even looking at our uh, our students out there. Uh, this is something that we recognize with a lot of the changes within the educational system and students being, a lot of students uh, across the country still being in a remote setting, not going to, to class, not uh, sitting face to face with their peers. Um, there's a lot of anxiety on our adolescents that are dealing with situations that they've never dealt with before, that their parents have never dealt with. And, and just perfectly honest, none of us have ever dealt with before. So um, in that capacity, we've we've looked at various ways that this could possibly be utilized in the school setting, um, in addition to the workplace. So we are definitely are open. We've looked at this in various, even the research that we initiated, we, we've even looked at how it could be utilized in the college setting um, with a lot of students that are not on campus um, or remote how do we know the, the mental wellness scale of these individuals as they're uh, going through their process of completing their education? Sometimes it is uh, a matter of just needing a conversation in order to be able to kind of figure out that next step. Do I really want to be in school or is this the right setting for me? So we try to leave it very open from that aspect to be able to figure out the best capacity. So just like Michael said, we are completely open um, to having those discussions to see where this can be utilized for the, for the greater good of all individuals. Boy, Sean, thank you. Yeah, your, your history of coming up through young people and families is really valuable in that because I didn't even think about it, but you're exactly right that those anxieties and concerns and questions that you just articulated were exactly my experience back in the day when I was in college, I think every day, right? I had those questions and how great it would have been to have a, someone like a Rafiki to speak with. Are, are you two training people in the, the fine art of being a Rafiki or is it something that coaches or other interested people can get training in? Yeah, absolutely. So we, um, we're in the process of building out our curriculum right now. We've and uh, we'll be introducing this uh, to the community uh, very, very soon. Our, our thought is that um, there are a number of people in our community right now that are Rafikis and they don't know it. Um, it is uh, maybe Sharon in accounting who people always go to because she seems to say the right thing. We want to meet Sharon. We want to get to know her. And we would love for her to participate in our training so that she can cultivate her skills of just being powerfully present with uh, uh, folks in her world uh, in, a, in an even more expansive way. And we want to um, offer her the opportunity to be on our platform um, and, and, and work with folks, you know, in our community and across the world um, who could benefit from uh, her knowledge and her wisdom and insight and just 
um, ability to connect with folks. And, you know, that's the other piece about this. Um, as we develop these Rafikis, essentially what we're creating is we're, we'll be creating an income opportunity for them. So this is not just, um, you know, a, a Michael and Sean thing. We're really thinking very long term about uh, entrepreneurial opportunities uh, you know, for individuals. Um, also, the development of uh, what they call, you know, human skills or essential skills. They used to be called soft skills. And, you know, uh, in fact, Google recently put out a report that said that their, their issue was not uh, finding people with uh, technology skills. Their issue was uh, finding people with human skills. And so, you know, maybe Sharon decides to get on this platform and she decides to start her own business or, you know, and, and connect with folks as a Rafiki, but then maybe she decides she wants to move into technology or she wants to move into some other field where human skills are, um, are, are paramount. We want to be that place for her to, to start that journey. I have a uh, question for you both about like your vision for the future and your goals. What would you, if you both were to have the year that you want to have in 2021 and then maybe moving forward, what would you both be creating this year, whether it be in Rafiki or additionally? Um, and what's like on the, what's next on the horizon? Well, I guess I'll take that one first. Um, to kind of put it in a nutshell, I, my my goals for towards Rafiki now and in my other endeavors all start from my my individual uh, commitment to self. Um, one of the things that I've I've initiated in my process and path uh, throughout 2020, and I, just to be perfectly honest, before 2020. Uh, definitely 2020 kind of magnified the need even greater is to initiate this path of healing. Um, recognizing that things are changing so quickly, um, there is a lot of uh, just confusion out there that even for me as a coach, even for me as a professional, I recognize how important at this point it is for me to begin this process of healing so that as things adapt, that I can make the changes towards what the future is going to look like. Um, that being said, for me, and I think even me and Michael have had many conversations about this, is not just the individual path of my own healing, but creating pathways for other individuals to be able to fulfill that within their own process. Um, and, and we recognize that's not going to look the same for everybody. Um, if you are an older white male at this point, it may be more about recognizing, as Christopher said earlier, that things aren't right. They haven't been right for a long time. Um, an adolescent young black female, she may be coming from the perspective and recognize this has been messed up for a long time. I don't know what I need in order to get to the point where I feel within this, this society. So just like what I mentioned, um, for me specifically, I just want to continue to initiate that path. Any endeavors that I can kind of seek that uh, align with that. Um, I Even in the community that I, I live in right now, um, this, is, this is a constant process. There, there are other projects that um, we are initiating. There's some other projects that even me and Michael have discussed in the future that we want to initiate uh, on a national scale and even on a global scale, because as we recognize the way that the world is changing, we are a global community. So as much of what we see currently that affects us as U.S. citizens, there are people all over the world that are looking at, it, at us and dealing with their own issues, but also looking to see what is the next step? How is this going to be dealt with? So it is the understanding of how the uh, micro level applies to the macro level and how change does take place with each individual. Yeah, for for me, when it comes to goals, you know, one year out, when I think about that, you know, uh, my big goal, um, sp very specifically for uh, RafikiNow.com is to have more conversations. You know, I'd love to have, you know, uh, 5,000 conversations on our platform, you know, this year. And, um, and from those conversations and from the feedback that we get from, uh, you know, those who, who, you know, use our platform that we can make it better. 
um, that we can, uh, you know, and, and Chris, you mentioned this earlier about, you know, the possibility of having some type of strategic partner that would be absolutely wonderful um, to um, to have. But we, it, it's, it's funny because um, Sean and I, we both kind of play very uh, unique roles with this process. And so the, the role that I get to play is really kind of in addition to, to being a Rafiki and um, having a background in coaching, I also have an interest in technology and, and product development and so forth. And so that's the role that I play with this project. And, and I'm just excited about um, creating something that people are going to absolutely love and keep coming back to because they find immense value. So I'm absolutely in love with their customer journey, their experience, and we just want to keep making it better. It's really beautiful. And, and as I said, such a great idea. And I think very needed in our communities across this country and across the world. Uh, thank you so much, gentlemen, for being with us. The website again is Rafiki Now. And I want to make sure I'm spelling it correctly R A F is in Frank, I K I N O W.com. Is that right? That's correct. Great. And our listeners can visit the site. Anyone can visit the site and book their first Rafiki talk for free. And if you're a listener of this podcast, when you book your first Rafiki talk, you get an extra 30 minutes. So the first 30 minutes and another 30 minutes. Is that right, gentlemen? That is correct, Chris. Um, we wanted to make sure that we provided that um, to the listeners in order to be able to initiate this process. And uh, hopefully that once you come in and kind of have your first Rafiki talk, uh, we're pretty confident that you're going to want to come back and talk to us again. So we just look forward to those individuals that are ready to take those steps towards their own process of holdings. Beautifully said. I thank you so much for your innovation and this creative, brilliant idea. And I thank you very much for being with us. As is our habit, we want to give you both the, the last word today. So do you have a parting thought or parting shot that you'd like to uh, let our few thousand coaches know today? You know, I would say my, my parting thought is to prior, prioritize loving yourself. Prioritize giving yourself space to just be. I think if more of us did that, the world would be a much happier place. And to piggyback on that, I just would say um, that process begins in self. Um, once you begin that within your own individual life, uh, you will see the evidence miraculously begin to manifest outside of yourself. So um, like Michael said, this is this is all about the, the unconditional love that you apply to your own individual self. Beautiful. Thank you, gentlemen, both of you very much. The uh, website, and this is the only way I know to reach these gentlemen, is Rafiki now, R-A-F-I-K-I-N-O-W.com. Please reach out. Please go ahead and sample it and get your, your free extra 30-minute session. Um, Gentlemen, thank you. I'm looking forward to being a supporter for many years to come and for your continued success. Um, and once again, that's uh, that's Sean Sims and Michael Tucker. And I'm laughing because I want to acknowledge you for also healing the divide of having been uh, college students in two different Carolinas. And I feel like that that message of peace is just being sent out to the world right now. Um, Alex Terranova, thank you for being with us, sir. You are available at thedreammason.com. Any parting thoughts for you, sir? Oh, I love that this I, I, this conversation came full circle. We we really dove into a lot of the like getting out of the the masculine and into a lot of more of the feminine traits and abilities of transformation. Um, and I didn't necessarily expect that with four men on this call. So I'm really intrigued about uh, the work that Michael and Sean are doing because it seems like just a new, um, just a different paradigm. So thanks for creating it, guys. All right. And if you're interested in reaching out to Alex, you can find him all over the place. Uh, the book is Fictional Authenticity. The website is thedreammason.com and the podcast is The Dream Mason Podcast. My name is Christopher McAuliffe. Thank you. Thank our sponsors, our longtime sponsors at Accomplishment Coaching, available at accomplishmentcoaching.com, home of the world's finest coach training program. I thank you, dear listener, for being with us. And we are here each and every week 
bringing you people out on the cutting edge, people doing something interesting, or just people you need to know about in the world of coaching or coach-related activities. I thank you for listening to us for low these 17 years, and uh, we will talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.